afternoon, and welcome to In the Neutral Zone, a podcast in which we speak about some current news surrounding both the MLB and the NFL. My name is Gabrielle Gordon, and I thank you for joining us today in the podcast. I hope you are having a great day, wherever you may be listening from. Now, if you're from New York as I am, we have some snow in the near future, and possibly up to a foot, I've heard, which quite honestly, has not happened in in a while. We have not seen a lot of snow during the holidays in quite a long time, but experts apparently are projecting this to be almost like a blizzard, possibly one of the biggest uh, snowstorms we've had in a few years. So get those snowblowers ready to go because the weather channels are expecting quite a lot of snow this winter. Alrighty, so with that being said, let's get into the podcast today. Now, the podcast, this is going to be mainly an NFL podcast because we don't have a lot of news surrounding the MLB. We have a few things, a few pieces of uh, information, but we're going to get to that at a later date. Today, we're going to focus on the NFL. And we had a big day filled with a lot of football yesterday. And I'd like to take a moment of silence for all of my fellow fantasy owners who were unfortunately knocked out yesterday or are about to be knocked out with the pending results of tonight's Monday Night Football game. As for me, not to toot my own horn, but as for me, I won an extremely close fight yesterday, and I got the win. I believe it was 161 to 151. It was all riding on Deontay Johnson of the Steelers, and, well, he got sat after dropping multiple passes, and if he had caught those passes in the first quarter, I would have lost. He also did uh, drop a a short touchdown, so that really helped me, and I think the universe was pulling for me this week. Um, So I'm moving one step closer to a three-peat in fantasy, not to toot my own horn, but going for all. I'm going for it all. After this week, I feel pretty strong about my odds. Although I probably just jinxed myself, but knock on wood, going for the three-peat. But anyways, if you're new here or you're tuning in for the first time, every Monday we go through a brief Sunday recap of all the games that surrounded the league. And we had multiple games with playoff implications yesterday and some teams that clinched yesterday as well. So without further ado, let's get into your Sunday recap. Let's begin with the Patriots at the Rams. The Patriots' struggles continue as they move to 6-7 and seven with the loss, 24-3 against the Rams. With that win, the Rams are now 9-4. and four. And New England now has seven losses in a season for the first time since 2002. We can clearly see the impact that the Brady-Belichick era ending has on the Patriots. And Cam Newton, he's just not like Tom Brady. And that connection between Brady and Belichick was something special. And we just don't see that same connection between them two. Moving on to the Broncos and the Panthers. The Broncos played a really clean game against the Panthers offensively. Um, and they got the win 32-27. to As the Broncos moved to 5-8, and Panthers to 4-9. and Drew Locke here had a career-high four passing touchdowns, a phenomenal day for him. Well, a sure blowout here, the Bears and the Texans. Uh, the Texans got blown out by the Bears, 36-7. Texans moved to 4-9, the Bears improving to 6-7. and The Chicago defense had seven sacks in this game, which is the most since Week 11 of 2005. The Bears defense played some fantastic football yesterday, and the results clearly showed with that huge blowout win against the Texans. 
Not to mention Mitchell Trubisky turning things around and having a very, very nice day offensively, leading his team to a big blowout win against the decent Texans defense. So the Bears came in, and they got the job done. Now moving on to another blowout, Cowboys at the Bengals. The Cowboys get the job done 30-7, to the Bengals dropping the 2-10-1, the Cowboys 4-9. and Now obviously the Bengals were struggling even before Burrow was injured, but now with him injured, they continue to struggle more and more. Obviously Joe Burrow is out for the remainder of the season. I don't see that these struggles will improve. They've only got three games left of the regular season. Quite honestly, I don't expect the Bengals to win another game this season, but we shall see. Don't count anybody out. Now, obviously, we're not counting the Bengals into any playoff implications because that is far, far out of the reach. But don't count them out in winning, you know, a game or two for the remainder of the season. We don't know what could happen. Hey, anybody can beat anybody any day of the week. Now, here is an interesting, very interesting, and quite honestly, an embarrassing statistic. Despite the Cowboys' blowout win, this was the Cowboys' first win by more than three points this season. Let that sink in for a second. This is Dallas's first win by more than three points this season, which means Dallas has not won a game by more than three points. Despite that win, that is an embarrassing statistic, and quite honestly, a terrible, terrible year for Dallas. They got the win, maybe a confidence booster, but still just not a statistic that you want to see for your franchise in a single season. With that being said, let's move on to a team that has clinched the NFC North with the win yesterday, and that was the Green Bay Packers getting the win over the Detroit Lions 31-24. Packers are now 10-3, and again, as I said, with that win, have now clinched the NFC North, making another playoff appearance. The Detroit Lions falling to 5-8. and eight. Moving on now, we got the Titans and the Jaguars. Another blowout. The Titans beat the Jaguars 31-10. to 10. Titans moving to 9-4. and four. Jaguars falling to 1-12. and 12. A Notable player performance was Derrick Henry. 200-plus rushing yards and 2-plus touchdowns for the fourth time in his career. Derrick Henry continues to show... Nothing short of greatness every single week and throughout his entire career. He is, if if not one of the best, the best running backs in the league right now. He is absolutely phenomenal. Let's move on to another team that continues to roll. The Kansas City Chiefs taking the semi-close, well, yeah, the close win over the Dolphins, 33-27. to The Chiefs moved to 12-1, Dolphins to 8-5, and, and with that win, the Chiefs clinched the AFC West, obviously making another playoff appearance with their stud and possible MVP in the running, Patrick Mahomes. Moving on to something I predicted on our Friday episode. If you have watched the Friday episode or you haven't yet, go listen to it. But in that episode, I do predict that the Giants' surprising victory over the Seahawks would end with a halt against the Cardinals, and it did just that as the Giants take the loss to the Cardinals 26-7. With that, the Giants fall 5-8 and eight and also lost the number one spot in their division because the Washington football team won against the 49ers, which I'll talk about that matchup shortly, and the Cardinals moving to 7-6. and six. 
Now, Reddick of the Arizona Cardinals had five sacks and three forced fumbles in yesterday's game. I'm going to be doing an entire segment on that shortly, so I'll have plenty of that to speak about. Let's just move on to the next matchup. Next up is the Vikings-Buccaneers. The Buccaneers ultimately take the win 26-14. The Vikings fall to 6-7. and The Buccaneers improving to 8-5. and Tampa Bay has now won seven of the last nine games versus Minnesota. Moving on to another blowout, the Colts at the Raiders. The Colts took the win 44-27 against the Raiders as they moved to 9-4, the Raiders dropping to 7-6. The Raiders have now lost three of the last four games as they had started their season 6-3. Next up, a complete blowout, the Jets and the Seahawks. The Seahawks annihilated the Jets 40-3 as the Jets remain winless 0-13, the Seahawks moving to 9-4. New York Jets now have 13 straight losses, and this is the longest streak in team history. Would not be surprised if we see another three games that they lose, 0-16. Could this be a repeat of the 2017 Cleveland Browns? Uh, possibly, and quite honestly, I think so as well. Enough of that, the Jets clearly just have had the worst season in team history and I don't presume it to be any better I feel like they're going to go winless for the remainder of the season moving on to the Falcons and Chargers a close game but the Chargers are ultimately victorious 20 to 17 both teams now stand at four and nine Mike Badgley of the Chargers knocked the game-winning 43-yard field goal as time had expired to get the Chargers the win over the Falcons. Moving on, the Saints took the loss to the Eagles this week, 24-21, as Drew Brees is still out injured, and the Saints are clearly struggling. Because of it, the Saints dropped to 10-3, Eagles to 4-8-1. Philadelphia had two individual 100-yard rushers this week, Sanders and Hurts. Obviously, Hurts got the start over Carson Wentz, and... Could he possibly be the starter for the remainder of the season? And could have could Carson Wentz have just lost his job, potentially, um, with that win? Jalen Hurts' first start and his first win. Moving on to our second-to-last matchup, the Washington football team took the win over the 49ers, 23-15. to The Washington football team is now standing at 6-7, and the 49ers dropping to 5-8. and With that win, as I mentioned previously, the Washington football team has taken the number one spot in their division, passing the Giants and possibly making a playoff push. Washington has two defensive touchdowns yesterday for the first time since Week 17 of 1997. And last but not least, for your Sunday recap, the Steelers at the Bills. The Bills took the win, 26-15. Steelers dropping to 11-2, the Bills improving to 10-3. This is Buffalo's first win at home versus Pittsburgh since Week 5 of 1999. And as always, in your Sunday recap, we always flash you ahead to the Monday Night Football game that will be happening tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the Ravens at the Browns, the 7-5 and five Ravens and the 9-3 and three Browns. This game is going to be a battle of the NFL's top two rush offenses, and we will see who will come out victorious this week. With that being said, that is your Sunday recap. Now, continuing on, 
I have some important points I'd like to speak about today, beginning with a topic that I spoke about previously as we were going through the matchups, and that is, is Danny Dimes a curse to the New York Giants? So as I was talking about previously, um, if you listened to the last podcast, which was filmed on Friday, and I believe it was uploaded on Saturday, I spoke about the New York Giants and their surprising success with Colt McCoy against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. But if you remember, I also did predict the slowdown to that success, and I believed that it was going to be against Kyler and the Cardinals. Well, what do you know? That clearly showed to be true as the Giants took a disappointing loss to the Cardinals 26-7. Now, can we just take a moment to realize that we cannot put all the blame on Daniel Jones? Now, he did play a pivotal role in the loss, don't get me wrong, but when you let Hassan Reddick get five sacks and three forced fumbles, it is fairly obvious that the O-line is a serious issue. There is no other way to put it except for the fact that it was an extremely embarrassing performance by the O-line. It's not even a question. In this game, if we look at Daniel Jones' stats, he threw for 127 yards, was 11 for 21, no interceptions, he fumbled the ball once, and he was sacked six times. I mean, you have got to give him help back there. When a single player, in this case, being Andrew Thomas, gives up five sacks to one guy, maybe, just maybe it is time to reevaluate who the main weapons are that protect your young, inexperienced quarterback. Though he did play a part in the loss, in Daniel Jones' defense, he was not 100% this week, and we didn't see as much of his run game as usual, if at all. He's a decent scrambler, and that's a large part of the Giants' offense. Sometimes it can hurt the team because he gets sacked a lot, but sometimes it also does benefit the team. So the fact that he wasn't 100% healthy could have played tribute to the poor performance, but then again, we see all too much his bad decisions and he does not have any pocket presence. Although, I do believe that the Giants rushed Jones this week when he was clearly not 100%, and he, they should have let McCoy um, play this week who pulled off the win against the playoff contending Seahawks. Now, in my opinion, bad decisions are ultimately what led to this loss. Now, am I a huge fan of Daniel Jones? No. But do I believe we need to put this loss completely on him? Absolutely not. He is young, and as I said, he is inexperienced with an O-line that, quite honestly, and no disrespect because I couldn't either, but quite honestly, could not block fifth graders. The Giants must develop their O-line this offseason, or there will never be another playoff push for them. Without a strong and successful O-line, it is simply unrealistic to make a play- playoff push. You-, you can't. If you cannot give your quarterback protection, how do you expect your quarterback to succeed? Following the loss, Joe Judge said that he had no regrets about playing Daniel Jones. Judge said, quote, We made a calculation based on what we thought he could do as a player. Daniel Jones also said that he does not have any regret playing that game either. He says, I felt good enough to play. I felt like I could do everything I needed to do, and I did that throughout the game. Now, eventually, Colt McCoy came in, who was sacked twice as well late in the game. And I honestly, I would not be surprised if Daniel Jones doesn't play again next week. When you take six big hits in a day, you're going to be hurting the next. And with the Washington football team taking the win over the 49ers, They took the number one spot in the division. So clearly, the Giants' playoff hopes are gone for yet another year. 
Now, the path to the playoffs for the Giants are pretty much out of reach, but there are some interesting projections that we can make for the remainder of the New York Giants season. I'm going to go through some of the possible scenarios for their final three games and what percentage they would have of possibly making or hosting a wild card if they were to win or lose. So number one, the most likely thing to happen, in my opinion, would for them to beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys are awful, which in turn would only reward them with a 3% chance of making it to the playoffs if they lost both of their last games against Cleveland Browns and the Ravens, and if they only beat the Cowboys, that would only give them a 3% chance of making it to the playoffs. Now, if the Giants could beat the Cowboys and pull off a win against the Browns as well, but lose to the Ravens, that percentage spikes to 43% of a chance of hosting a wild card. And this is quite unlikely to happen, but it is 2020, so if the Giants could win the final three games against the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys, they would have a high 88% chance of hosting a wild card if they could pull off those final three games with a win. If you want to check out these projections for yourself, because there are many more scenarios that you can test, I only went through the three most popular ones, go to the New York Times, how the New York Giants can make the 2020 NFL playoffs. These scenarios and projections are updated constantly throughout the day, and it's it's actually pretty interesting to simulate this yourself and truly see, because it'll show you the percentages and the possibilities of any scenario that could happen for the remainder of the Giants season. So it's it's pretty interesting. If you want to go check it out yourself, give it a go. But with that being said, the playoffs are far reach at this point for the Giants, but obviously never count a team out. But I'm just saying it's it's pretty far out of reach at this point. Moving on to our final topic of the day, the MVP race in the NFL. So we saw some prime performances by quarterbacks yesterday, but in particular... A man who was in the MVP race, Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers, stood out this week. And in yesterday's Sunday game against Detroit, Rodgers went 26 of 33 for 290 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and an impressive 133.6 passer rating. He also ran for a six-yard touchdown. So with that, he accounted for all four touchdowns for Green Bay. Another man who was in the MVP race, Patrick Mahomes, also had a productive game in the win over the Dolphins, going 24 for 34 for 393 yards and two touchdowns. However, he also threw three interceptions, which knocked his passer rating for the game down to 91.9. Mahomes also added five rushes for nine yards. Now, if we look at strictly the individual stats, Rodgers has the advantage. But Mahomes has an important stat in his favor, and that is overall team success and overall team record. The Chiefs have the advantage as they stand 12-1, while the Packers stand at 10-3. MVP voters generally favor a player that is on a dominant team. Not to say that the Packers aren't dominant, because they certainly are. But Mahomes has the overall record in his favor, and one could make the argument that the Chiefs are a bit more dominant than the Packers. A quarterback has won the MVP award each of the past seven years and 12 of the past 13 seasons. The only exception was in 2012 when the Vikings running back Adrian Peterson won the award after rushing for 2,097 yards. Having said all that, 
the MVP is still most likely to come back to Rodgers and Mahomes with only three games left in the regular season. Now, Matt LaFleur of the Green Bay Packers believes that Aaron Rodgers should be the front runner for MVP. As LaFleur spoke yesterday after the win against Detroit, he said, Our quarterback, a guy of his caliber, who without a doubt in my mind should be the front runner for the MVP. So those are the words of Matt LaFleur yesterday after the win against Detroit. But of course, Kansas City's coaches and players feel the same way about Mahomes. Nicole Hardman told NFL Media, quote, name the MVP award the Mahomes Award. And then he went on to say a bit else about Patrick Mahomes. He even compared Patrick Mahomes to LeBron James of the NFL, quite honestly. Um, So both guys have their supporters and their sides. And though there are other players in the running for MVP, don't get me wrong, with only three games remaining, it's most likely going to come down to Rodgers or Mahomes. And with the three-interception game from Patrick Mahomes uh, yesterday, could he have possibly given Rodgers a bit more leverage on winning that award? Well, we shall see as the season nears the end, as there are only three weeks remaining in the NFL regular season, and the season is slowly coming to a close. Now, a quick look into the future for the week. Week 15, Thursday at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Chargers will face off at the Raiders. 4-9 are the Chargers, and 7-6 and are the Raiders. We shall see who will take that win. And then, moving on, we have two Saturday games of course, as the holidays near closer, we got those fun Saturday games, and we have two of them on Saturday, December 19th, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The 10-3 and 3 Bills will face off at the 5-8 and 8 Broncos, and at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the 4-9 and 9 Panthers will face off at the 10-3 and 3 Green Bay Packers. And that'll do it for your look into the future this week, and we also obviously will have the Sunday games week 15 as well but that is a look into the future for your week 15 games with that being said that does it for today's show thank you for tuning in as always i'm gabrielle gordon and you've been listening to in the neutral zone see you next time